Avalanche fans, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever you may be listening. Thank you for joining the Locked On Avalanche podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli from MileHighSticking.com. This is another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche. On the show today, we, I mean, literally a minute before I hit the record button, uh, this Tampa Bay Columbus Blue Jackets game finished. I, I just have to kind of mention that uh, we're going to talk about kind of players to player or players, and I'm leaning toward players to watch in this Arizona series, which starts tonight. Uh, and then we're also going to have a little bit of a crossover event with uh, the host of the. He's actually pulling double duty right now. He he hosts the. Locked on Ducks, uh, but Jason Hernandez is also pulling double duty and hosting the Locked on Coyotes show for the time being. Uh, so him and I are going to have a kind of jab back and forth. Uh, so we got that on tap for you today as well. <clears throat> first things first, follow the show on social media outlets. Follow on Twitter, LOPN underscore Avalanche. Follow on Instagram, search for Locked on Avalanche. Send any questions, comments, concerns, opinions to LockedOnAvalanche at gmail.com. Uh, and we will also be doing a minor mailbag uh, from a couple questions that we got through email and through Twitter. Uh, we'll be doing that as well. So, yeah, we kind of have to talk about this absolutely insane, not in detail, this is Locked On Avalanche. Again, if you want to hear more about it, please go to uh, my good friend Adam Denker over at Locked On Lightning. Or if you want to maybe hear the downside of it, please go over to Locked On Blue Jackets. But, I mean, I think we need to give a standing ovation to Jonas Corposalo. 85 saves. That is, you don't see that in, in the NHL. And even when it's a five-overtime game, you don't see that many saves in an NHL game. <clears throat> and I'm pretty sure, I can bring up the stats here quickly, uh... Vasilevsky had somewhere in the vicinity of 60 saves himself. 50 saves himself? It looks like 50. <clears throat> so, um, incredible. Incredible game. So, uh, I know this is going to be maybe a point of contention for some people. Thinking like, you know, th so the, you know, this game ended right around 9.30 at night. And Boston Carolina was supposed to start an hour and a half earlier. It probably won't start until much near 10 o'clock. But when you're living in the bubble, uh, these are the things that can happen. And you know what? Like, it's just, it happened. Uh, I don't anticipate it happening that many times. You're not going to get a five overtime game. But because this is game one, one of the first games to be played in these playoffs, uh, you know who's going to jump on this is the ESPNs of the world, who the only time they want to talk about hockey is when something is wrong. So uh, you're going to hear it all day tomorrow. Should the NHL implement something different, go to the three-on-three, three, have a shootout, uh, I would advise you to ignore ESPN for tomorrow because that's the only way they like to talk about hockey. It's fun. It's exciting. It's a five-overtime game. It's crazy. Yeah, I feel bad for Boston fans and for Carolina fans who had a nice start time if you live on the East Coast, even if you live in the other time zones. Uh, and 
I, you know, if it was the Avalanche that got pushed back, but I'm sitting there watching that game, knowing I wouldn't miss anything in the Avalanche game, because it's not like they're being played on another network and this game just hasn't finished yet, I, I would be loving it. But I love watching hockey. It doesn't matter. I, I'll watch anything if it comes to hockey. So I know there's some people out there that are the complete opposite of that and say this is ridiculous. And that's fine. I'm not going to argue that. But um, I just thought this was a lot of fun. So And to have it as the first game, incredible. So uh, I guess congratulations to Tampa Bay. Uh, if, that's, if this is any indication, this is going to be a good series. Uh, and you could just see it in the, uh, uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets <clears throat> players when that puck went in. You get a little bit more tired than you would be when you're on the losing end of a game like that. Tampa Bay will sleep well. Columbus is going to be hurting in the morning, and it's simply because one is a winner, for this game anyway, and one had to lose. So, uh, yeah, this is going to be an exciting series, like NHL playoffs are all the time. So, moving on quickly, um, NHL also came out with another report, which they have been doing about their coronavirus testing another week, another week of no positive tests 7,200 plus tests in a six day period. Man, I would not be wanting the people doing this test. You're looking up a lot of noses, uh, but not a single positive test. So, you know, again, the, the NHL is the league that people are looking at when it comes to how do we, how can we have a, a somewhat of a season or playoffs, whatever you want to call it. And be safe. And this is the way to do it. And this comes on a day. They announced this two days ago now. But this comes really on a day, as in yesterday now, uh, that college football is kind of shutting things down. At least the Big Ten is. That is huge for a conference of that caliber to shut it down. So we are lucky that we have playoffs. We have NHL. We have hockey. Um, and they did it the right way. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's the opening. And um, after this quick break, we are going to get into the mailbag and then talk about a player or some players to watch in this series coming up against Arizona. All right. So welcome back. And very quickly, and and you probably, depending on when you're listening to this, know this by now. Uh, but literally just breaking is the Boston-Carolina game is pushed till, uh, as I'm recording this on, you know, a, a Tuesday night, it's pushed till tomorrow morning. So if you're listening to this when, the, when it's released, that game is pushed to this morning at 11 o'clock, Wednesday at 11 o'clock in the morning, that game got pushed back. That's incredible. That's amazing. So, uh, hey, it, it, it maybe it's going to happen again. It could happen again. We don't know. But, man. All right. So, mailbox. A uh, couple mail uh, questions to get to, which came through Twitter. And even you can direct message me on Twitter, too. That's fine. Just like I said, L-O-P-N underscore avalanche. Uh, the at the rink Colorado asked a question. How do you think the Avs will do in the playoffs as they've transitioned as a team to a heavy favorite? And this is pretty much just asking how much pressure do you think the avalanche can handle? <clears throat> um and the answer to that is surprisingly, I have no issue or question on 
the Avalanche being able to handle pressure. This team has been built pretty much from the ground up. And while they are young, they are experienced in the playoffs. This is not a team that got good overnight by signing free agents, which can be hit or miss. Sometimes players that you bring in that are all-star players just don't mesh well with who, you know, their new team. And a lot of times in that first year, it doesn't end well. There's sometimes, yeah, most of them, they will make the playoffs, but it takes them in year two and year three and maybe beyond for them to really start meshing and potentially win a championship. The Avalanche are are raring to go. These guys have been around each other. As young as they are, they've been around each other for several years now. Uh, you know, with the exception of like the Kale McCars of the world, but Landeskog is has is almost been in the league 10 years. That is crazy. <laughs> he has been in a Colorado Avalanche for almost 10 years. Uh, so these guys know each other. They are young. They are seasoned. And they are prepared. <clears throat> this is the third year in a row that they've made the playoffs. So, you know, they, they went from that incredible run after the disaster year, made the playoffs, went out early. Last year, made that nice little run was a game and a terrible call away from making the Western Conference Finals. Uh, and now, so so you you have a team that is ready to go and they are ready for the challenge. I don't think they even think about the pressure on them. I, I genuinely don't. And and right now anyway, as it as the playoffs go and if they continue can can continue to go deep into the playoffs and then you get into the Stanley Cup Finals, that's a place none of them have been yet. There are a couple players on this team that have been to a Stanley Cup. You, you will probably lean on those players and say, how do we deal with this? How did you guys deal with this as, as a, a team on the team that you were on? But they're not there yet, and, I, and they're not thinking about that. They're thinking about Arizona. And uh, I, I think they can handle it. <clears throat> so, you know, do I think that they will handle it well? Now, the, the way that he words it is they've transitioned as a team to a heavy favorite. This is the first time that they have been considered a favorite. That ha- that is a new wrinkle for them. You know, th- th- while they do have experience um, and they do have playoff experience, and they've been around each other for a long time, they've never had uh, a spotlight on them like they have had this year. Now they are expected to go far. In seasons in the past, they haven't really been expected to do that. Now that they are, now they are. So, in one breath, it's like yes people know about them but in the other like we said yesterday they're still getting no love just based on start times so i don't feel like they have any pressure on them because everybody's looking at the bostons and st louis and even tampa you know the the mass media is looking at those teams and while they know the avalanche are good are kind of sitting there still with like with their arms folded saying prove it and I think the Avalanche are, are ready to do that. All right, the next question comes from our good friend Shaggy Von Doom. And uh, he writes, I watched two of Arizona's games Sunday for prep work. And I love that. And I noticed that they set their defense really far back in the defensive zone and don't activate them offensively until the forwards hit the offensive dots. And I was wondering how the Avs could do off more set plays instead of initial breakouts. Uh, because the defensive structure for the Coyotes eliminates those breakout offensive chances. Um, first of all, 
awesome that you kind of witnessed that and and saw that in a game. My one question would be, I th- so you said you watched two games, and I will ask Kyle this because I'm thinking of it as I'm I'm talking about it. Uh, if those two games were against the the um, Nashville Predators, it would make sense that they would try to play that that game the same way against the similar opponent. Will they play that way against Colorado Avalanche? Remains to be seen, but definitely something to watch. So basically what he is saying is their defense, the defenders hang back in the neutral zone, wait for their offensive players to hit the dots in the offensive zone before they even think about going into the offensive zone. So the case in being, if there is a turnover and the Avalanche get the puck, the defenders are already probably at like mid ice uh, and it will prevent a speed team like the Colorado Avalanche from getting behind that line of defenders um, for any breakouts. I would think they would play something similar to that because they do not want and they cannot hang with the Colorado Avalanche speed. So they are going to want to prevent that at all costs, but they will make mistakes. It is human nature to make mistakes. Um, and you need to make them pay for it when they do. It's almost like in a baseball game. Like I remember the the classic matchups between Pedro Martinez and the New York Yankees. And he would dominate the Yankees. But every once in a while, he would get himself in a pickle. And a lot of times, he would get himself out of that pickle. Uh, but a few times, the Avalanche, when you or the Avalanche, yeah, the Yankees, when they would get a guy on second base with no outs, you knew they had to get that guy home and get that run because that run was precious. Um, And that might be the case for the Avalanche here. They need to exploit those times when they get behind those defenders uh, and really make those count and score goals in those situations. They will have opportunities in other situations, like he's saying, like having set plays and power plays. Obviously, you need to take advantage of those too. But the Avalanche like a speed game. They like to go up and down. They like to beat you with speed. They like to blow by you with speed. Coyotes make it difficult to do that. So when you get that opportunity that you are behind those defenders or you get them off balance and you have just that little bit of daylight, you need to make it count and you need to make them pay uh, or else you're going to have those really low scoring games, which, you know, the Avalanche can do. Uh, but you, they they really can they they like to dictate the pace of play, the Colorado Avalanche, and they want a four to one four to two game. Uh, when you keep teams like Arizona and it's one nothing two to one, uh, and you keep them in it, then anything can happen. This is the National Hockey League, and these are professional players. Anything can happen. So that's what Arizona does well is kind of just wear you down, don't give you any good looks. But there's going to be times where they get crossed up. And when they do, you need to take advantage. So, And I think the Avalanche have the skill players to do that. So um, so big thank you to those guys for sending in questions. And that is always open. If you ever have anything you want to talk about or uh, have me answer on the show, definitely send them to LOPN underscore Avalanche or LockedOnAvalanche at gmail.com. Gonna take another quick little break, and then we're gonna come back with the uh, final segment about players to watch in this series, and the conversation I had with Jason, like they always do, 
went a little long, so we're going to hold off onto that until tomorrow's episode. So quick break, and then we're going to talk about players to keep an eye on for this series. All right, and finally, players to watch in this series. Uh, there's going to be, obviously, a lot of eyes on a lot of different guys, and it's kind of difficult to pick just one. Um, you know, I couldn't pick one, and I think right now it's this third line. I think this third line of, of I think they're going to keep it that way with Burakovsky, Comfer, and Donskoy. I thought they played exceptionally well in really all of the round-robin games, and uh, especially JT Comfer. And if you if you can remember back to last year, Comfer played great in the playoffs. He And I've said this before, guys step up when it comes to playoff hockey. Maybe he's one of those guys. You know, we were saying this about Grubauer, about how Grubauer uh, played very well at the end of last year and into the playoffs. Maybe he's the guy that steps in the playoffs. Maybe Comfer is that guy. Maybe JT Comfer is the guy that, that he, he has no fear. That whole line has no fear. So um, I, I really, you know, you're going to be watching the McKinnons and McCars and Rantanens. That goes without saying. Uh, but the you really want to see like the underbelly of this game. I'm excited to see this third line, especially against this Arizona team that's not as deep as uh, the Avalanche are. So I, I think, you know, the the Coyotes are going to give everything they have to be to stop that, really the first two lines, understandably so. Um, but if this third line for Colorado can really step it up, I think they might be the difference. Uh, I think putting Burakovsky on that line is, is just a, a great thing to do. He is a natural scorer, and putting him on there really steps up the game of guys like Comfer and Donskoy. So uh, that is definitely something that I'm going to be watching with a very, very close eye. So so what about Avalanche Faithful? What do you think? What are the aspects, the players, the, the style of play that you're expecting, anything that you are thinking uh, let me know. Let me know what, what your eyes are going to be. Are they going to be on a specific player? Are they going to be on the goalies or a specific line? Uh, there's going to be so many aspects to this series, and I want to know what you guys think. So, again, send those to LOPN underscore Avalanche or LockedOnAvalanche at gmail.com, and I'll talk about it. So that's going to be it for today. Uh, like I said, tomorrow we will be talking about the Avalanche game we finally have our first game and um yeah we're gonna have the the conversation i had with jason hernandez from the locked on ducks slash coyotes now this let's get this party started so enjoy game number one and uh we'll be seeing you guys tomorrow here's jovi go abs go